Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. Hi everybody, welcome. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, we're going to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and I'm going to read some verses sort of as we go along this morning. So I'm not going to read them up front, but as we go along. Um, and um, it's great to be with you live this morning. So do feel free to comment as we go. Um, but I want to begin by mentioning an event in history that I'm sure you're aware of, which was, which is called, uh, morning Janice, uh, morning David, uh, Pearl Harbor. Now, you're aware, of course, of the events of Pearl Harbor. It was described as a quiet Sunday morning in December. And it was December 7th, 1941, a day that will forever be remembered as the day that Japan attacked the United States. And the quiet morning was shattered uh, when an aerial striking force of the Imperial Jap Japanese Navy flew into Pearl Harbor, wreaking devastation and killing more than 2,400 Americans. So the question, though, is this. Did the Japanese just randomly choose that date uh, and that time? Or, or was there a reason why they attacked on the 7th of December uh, and in particular on that Sunday morning? And actually, it was a carefully thought through strategy and time uh, because they were aware that Sunday morning was when most soldiers were off duty during the week. Either they'd had a heavy night the night before and uh, they were drowsy and um, hang hung over or there was a lot of uh, church going still at, in 1940, uh, 41. And so people off duty, they were at church, they were enjoying a quiet Sunday morning. And so soldiers were not on duty. And so that was an opportune time for the Japanese to attack. Now, the Apostle Paul, in our passage in 1 Thessalonians 5, is effectively saying to us that we should not be off duty on the day of the Lord, or we should not be ever off duty because the day of the Lord could come and we need to be ready. Now, what is the day of the Lord? Obviously, uh, there's a debate about that. And Joshua set out, I thought very well, on Friday, uh, the day of the Lord uh, coming from Joel and Amos, this dreadful day of the Lord where there will be judgment on God's people who have resisted him and uh, are going to resist his Messiah. And so there's going to be the day of the Lord. And so Joshua was explaining that he understands this verse. And uh, I think uh, other commentators along with him, that the, the times and dates spoken of in chapter five and verse one, the day of the Lord spoken of in verse two is the day that's coming in about 20 years after this letter is written in AD 70, when the Jewish wars take place starting in, in AD 68. And that culminates in the destruction of the temple at Jerusalem and God judgment on his people and the end of the old covenant uh, and so um that day of the lord and paul is writing to say be ready now many commentators of course would say that this first day of the lord in chapter five is a continuation of the theme in chapter four in chapter four paul was speaking about the day of the lord as or speaking about the second coming of christ 
And so many would say this chapter five is now also speaking about the coming of Christ. I would refer you to my right honourable gentleman, the Member of Parliament for North Warnborough, and his presentation last Friday for you to make up your mind about that. But certainly the principle, as Joshua set out on Friday, was is a really important one, which is this, that even if the destruction of Jerusalem was the day of the Lord that Paul was talking about in chapter five. That is a precursor to the full and final day of the Lord when Jesus will come fully and finally uh, and intervene in our world and bring all things, uh, make all things new. And so therefore, the principle still applies. We need to be ready for the day of the Lord. We need to be prepared. And I would put it like this. We need to be ready for whatever God is going to do next. Let me repeat that. We need to be ready for whatever God is about to do or is going to do next. Now, in the big picture, what God is going to do next is send his son, Jesus Christ, who's going to come with the angels and the trumpet sounds, and he's going to return. That's the next big thing that God is going to do. But between now and then, there are many things that God is still going to do, interventions he's going to bring into our world. There are going to be many, many sort of days of the Lord, if you like, where God is going to do new things in our world and in our time. And so therefore, we need to always be ready for whatever God is going to do next. I wonder what God is going to do today in your life. I wonder what God is going to do next as coronavirus, uh, the lockdown closes down. What is God going to do? We need to be ready for whatever that is. Now, the question is, of course, how do we get ready? And Paul gives our answer. In verse five, he starts by saying, you are sons of light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. And so, first of all, he reminds them who they are. He says, they are sons of the day. They belong to the day. You see, what's happened is this. There are two ages. There are there. And those two ages are often portrayed in the Bible as like day and night. The present age is like a long, dark night. But when the Messiah came, the sun was going to rise and the day would break in to the night. It would be a new dawn, a new era, the breaking in of the kingdom of God. As John puts it in 1 John chapter 2, the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. And so for us, we have tasted of the powers of the age to come, as it tells us in Hebrews 6. We belong to the day that is coming, even though the night is still lingering. It's a bit like this this morning. I woke up, I found myself just awake at 20 past five. Uh, and so I thought, ah, oh, I'm awake, I, I'll get up. And so I went down and read the Bible and drank a cup of tea and uh, had an hour and a half. The rest of the family were sleeping. Sleeping's a fantastic thing. They were enjoying that. But I was awake. It was like, for me, I was ready for the day. I was anticipating the day that is already breaking in to the night. For them, it was still nighttime. For me, it was day. And for us, we are children of the day. That's who we are now. 
we belong to the day. And therefore, in light of the fact that that is who we are now, therefore, that is how this is how we should behave as children of the day. As it says in verse six and seven. So then do not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled for those who sleep. Uh, sleep at night and those who get drunk get drunk at night but we belong to the day so let us be self-controlled putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet and so we don't sleep like the rest of men the word there is hoi lapoi and it, i think we derive the word uh, hoi poloi from that the rest of men we're not like the rest of men we're not asleep like the rest of men nor neither are we drunk and uh, that phrase drunk is kind of the idea that you're intoxicated so intoxicated with things of the world that our senses are dulled to the things of god now there's going to be lots of things of the world coming up in the next season the world is going to come alive again and do lots of things and and that's fine I've suggested a street party on our road on Saturday, the 26th of June. So it's fine that there's lots of things of the world that are going to happen. But we don't want to get so swept up with the things of the world that we switch off and fall asleep and become in, um, unaware of the things of God and what God is doing and what God is going to do next. Therefore, we need to be awake uh, and so it tells us not to be asleep, as I mentioned the other day, like in Pilgrim's Progress, when Hopeful and Christian arrive at the enchanted grounds and the air there naturally tended to make one drowsy. And so Hopeful wanted to go to sleep. But Christian said, no, Christ, uh, the shepherd warned us about this. It's dangerous for us to fall asleep here towards the end of our journey. And so they helped each other to stay awake. And so we too must be careful that we don't fall asleep. Now, physical sleep is a fantastic thing, but spiritual sleep is dangerous. If you're driving a car and you're falling asleep at the wheel, that's dangerous. What you need to do until, you you, until you're able to stop at the next services is to open the windows, put the cold on, talk, get the person next to you to talk to you, to keep you awake so that you don't fall asleep at the wheel and we need one another and we need the fresh air of God's word and his spirit to keep us awake so that we don't fall asleep while 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 God is at work and and so we need to be self-controlled it says verse 8 be self-controlled and it says that we put on faith and love as a breastplate and the helmet of salvation uh, as a helmet and that that picture is a beautiful one. Do you notice what Paul is saying here? Get dressed, get ready for battle. Be prepared for Pearl Harbor, for the attacks that are going to come. Be dressed and ready for action. Don't be asleep um, drifting around in your pajamas. Be dressed and ready to go to do whatever God calls you to do. And notice he says uh, that put on faith and love as a breastplate. He doesn't say that we should um, put on uh, determination as a breastplate or the power of positive thinking as a breastplate or tenacity and grit as a helmet. No, he says put on faith. In other words, put on your belief in God, your trust in him, the righteousness that he gives us. Put, put on the things of God, 
Know that you are in Christ, that you're going to be rescued from the coming wrath. Live by faith, not by sight. Don't live by the things you can see, but live by faith in God who you cannot see, but who has made promises. Trust him. Be in tune with his promises. Listen to his word. Be in tune with what he is saying. Live by faith. Live by faith. Have the helmet on. Uh, and and put the breastplate of faith on so that you are living a vital relationship with God and therefore you're ready for whatever God is going to do next. So let us pray together. And Lord, we just ask you that we will be ready. Whatever you're going to do next, we just pray now that we would be ready, Lord. And uh, we thank you that you're going to do more. We thank you that there is more to come. We thank you that you've got good things in store for us today and this weekend and this year. And so help us to be switched on to you, to be tuned into you so that we can hear you and that we can be spiritually alive, children of the day, alive to what you're doing and what you're going to do next. We ask for this in Jesus name. Amen.